Welcome back, guys. We have uh, come to our encounter with God section, and I'm super excited this morning because Edin decided to stay. Yes, I'm here. I'm <laughs> waiting for breakfast. We, 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 we talked over the top of Etienne too much during his interview and didn't get to hear as much of his story. So um, we thought, he, hey, stay for the Bible study. Yeah, okay. he's a fellow radio presenter. He knows how it works. Yeah. yeah. Now, before we get into it, Mon, uh, we have mm. the quiz. We're up to the with the quiz. quiz. We don't have anyone. Nobody's answered anything on the quiz yet. What's going but on? It's so easy. Come on now. It's a who am I? Even I know this one. So I'm going to do a quick rehash. The first question was, a uh, first clue was, I am the grandfather of... Noah. Mm-hmm. Clue two was you'll find me in Luke's genealogy of Christ, but not in Matthew. Okay, so that tells you where to go find it. Go dig mm-hmm. it out, but it um, doesn't really help you any more than that. And clue number three is I am the father of Lamech. Okay, that that's that's not helping any. <laughs> <laughs> that's just not helping any. Who knows who the father of Lamech is? I mean, seriously, I got it from the first clue, but the second two, no, I couldn't get it from that. Well, I mean, if you just look up in in the book of Luke, the genealogy of Christ, you'll be able to see, you know, who was Oh, okay, so you just got to just got to look yeah. look at the it's genealogies like, yeah. and you've got a free Melissa Otto CD coming your way. So give us a call 1-800-324-843 or text us on 09 or send us a message to our Facebook page with your answer and there is a prize coming your way. However, we need to move on with our encounter with God. Oh, we also need to mention that somewhere along the line, I'm riding a bike to work. Yes, we are so excited about this. So we have cooked up just in this morning segment that Lyle is going to ride his bike from his home, which is about a half an hour drive away, all the way to the studio. Um, and he's going to do it for sponsorship. So if you'd like to sponsor to see him do this, we are trying to raise $2,000 for, what's the charity again? It is for the uh, Aboriginal Benefits Foundation. Yes. Providing counsel and therapy and art activities for preschool children who are suffering trauma. And I'm looking forward, most of all, to being in the support vehicle and basically just laughing at you. But um, anyway, if you'd like to donate. I think this is a fantastic, uh, a fantastic um, it is. Uh, it sounded, project sounded, to be supporting. It's starting to sound very easy. He's going to have a support vehicle well, and a whole I mean, crew. Only That's so I can keep an eye on him so he's not cheating. I don't want to, <laughs> <laughs> No gonna, shortcuts, gonna, no back I'm roads. Meet, I'm going to meet Etienne five minutes down the road and get on his <laughs> e-bike. No, no. So you can, you can call in and donate. The number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or you can jump on our website, faithfm.com.au. We're going to try and reach $2,000. And when we reach $2,000, Lyle will be on a bike. And, of course, Etienne was good enough to donate the first $5. Yeah, well, after listening to this, and this is genuine, I think I'll make it 50 bucks. So you got your first nice, 50 Nice, okay. nice. Keep it going, keep it going. We only have 1950 <laughs> bucks to go. <laughs> the longer we have him on the radio, by the time we're finished here, we'll be up to um, the full 2000 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'll just keep you on for the rest of the show, Etienne. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, dear. Okay, so where are we up to in the book of Galatians? We are into Galatians chapter 2, and Mon, have you got for us verse uh, 7 there, please? Yes. On the contrary, when they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been entrusted with the gospel to the circumcised, let me keep going, verse 8. No, I want to stop right there. Okay. Because I wanted to, to, to look at the simple reality here. Um, what does this teach us about unity and diversity at the same time within the Christian church. So Paul has been sent to... Okay, they they have recognized a difference in calling here, haven't they? Yeah, and it almost makes it sound like there's two different gospels. There's the gospel for the uncircumcised and the gospel for the circumcised. doesn't really sound that unified at all. Well, I would say that it is unified. I would say that there is just one gospel... 
With a different delivery? Presented in two different cultural contexts. Ah, okay, yep. So the gospel doesn't change. I mean, you think about uh, the gospel in the context of you know postmodern Western civilization. The gospel still has the same power that it's always had. The, the power of the gospel has not changed. And the way we present it is probably very, very different from the way that Paul presented it. You know, you look at the illustrations that Jesus used, we would use very, very different illustrations. You mm. might we, we might use an illustration about, you know, an iPhone or something or other that um, Jesus talks about, you know, sowing seed or something like that. Um, and so, you know, and I've, I've shared the gospel in lots of different cultures around the world, and you adapt the way you do so to the culture that you are in. You know, Etienne and I love to have theological conversations, uh, but in some cultures, you would you would tell stories backwards and forwards uh, to illustrate it. So the product is the same, but the yes. packaging changes. Ah, mm. absolutely. And the other thing I see here is that there is there's two different callings here, isn't there? There is, um, which suits two different skill sets. Um, and this reminds me of a passage in First Corinthians chapter twelve, uh, and I'll go down to. Um, well, you've got a whole bunch of gifts of the Spirit here, you know. Verse 9, to another by faith, the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another the working of miracles. another prophecy. To another discerning of spirits. To another different kinds of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. It goes on and says, But these all work that one and the self-same Spirit, the same Spirit, uh, divides to everyone severally as he wills. In other words, that's the old English version. Hmm. But the Bible is saying that the Holy Spirit comes along, he has lots of different gifts, and he divides them up according to his will. And so here he has come to Paul and said, Okay, Paul, I have called you to be the missionary to the Gentiles. And to Peter, he says, I have called you to be missionary to the Jewish people. Two different callings. They that the early church recognized that different people have different callings. They have different gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because God created us all different. Absolutely. Praise yep. God for that. Mm. And then, of course, the Holy Spirit gives different gifts. But it's interesting you mentioned that the gospel is the same. The principles are the same, but how you apply it and how you relate it to people varies. And it's interesting that Paul, in the beginning of uh, Galatians chapter 2, actually talks about the fact that he went up to Jerusalem and then spoke to those people there, communicated to them the gospel which he had been preaching amongst the Gentiles, but he did it privately amongst the prominent people who were of reputation, lest by any means he had actually been preaching a wrong or different gospel. And they actually affirmed that it's exactly the same gospel as they've been preaching to the Jews, but obviously modified to meet the audience in the Gentile setting. And that's what you find Paul doing on a number of occasions, isn't it? When he goes to Athens and he goes to, you know, all those philosophers. Mm. I mean, he really struggled there. He finds Uh, a God there called the unknown God, and he thought, well, the people can relate to this because they have a lot of gods. Here's one that they don't obviously know. I'm going to take this as an example to teach them about the God of the universe, the creator of heaven and earth. And then he goes to Corinth and he's like, yeah, I'm just going to preach Christ and him crucified. crucified. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. yeah. Fantastic. Okay, so we've got, um, you know, and, and just coming back to this one here that I, I, there was a thought here that I wanted to develop, and that is that, you know, I've, I, on occasions I've come, I've come across Christians who have told me that, for instance, and particularly, you know, only ever seems to be with the one gift, and that's the gift of tongues. Mm. And their attitude has been, if you don't have the gift of tongues, you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You haven't been converted. You haven't been changed. And I don't have the gift of tongues. Mm -hmm. And um, that's not what I read in the Bible. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit gives gifts severally 
you know, as he wills. It's God's decision, not mine, as to which gifts I get. I can't go into God and say, well, I want this gift or I want that gift or I want another gift. No, the Holy Spirit comes and gives a gift, and it's then our job to understand what gift we've been given. Mm. And we've got to be careful sometimes. We can turn things on their head and make what is last first and what is first last. Because you just quoting out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the verse 28 says that God has appointed these in the church. And he says, first, apostles, mm-hmm. then second, prophets, third, teachers, after that, miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, variety of tongues. Now, tongues is mentioned last there. It is. But it seems like we want to put it first. So That's because we're not denying the fact <laughs> there's a spiritual gift, which is the gift of tongues. There yeah. Obviously, there's a biblical version of that. And oh, yeah. We yeah. agree with that. Yeah. But the, the questions then asked, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret? Well, the, question, the answer to that question is, of course, no, we don't get all those gifts. The Holy Spirit, as he wills, gives to those people as they need it for the gospel. The moral of the story is here, we need to read our Bibles rather than just accepting whatever the preacher says from the front of the church. You need to go back and check out the preacher and find out from the Bible whether that's truth or not. Because, I mean, it's very, very clear here. It's very easy to understand. It's not not complicated. And yet we have uh, people within Christianity who miss some of these really important points. Hmm. And on that thought, you know, it talks about apostles first and prophets second, tongues last. And if you look at tongues, uh, prophets, for instance, um, and the gift of prophecy is mentioned over 530 times in the Bible. Wow. And the gift of tongues is only mentioned in five different places. Now, speaking mm, of uh, studying the Bible to not be wrong, I just want to stir the pot just momentarily. Oh, okay. Here it comes. What exactly is the gift of tongues? Well, you know you're, taking us, you're taking us completely off subject here. Um, and... But we can divert just for you, Monica. Thank you. So what we're going to do is we're going to discuss that question in just a moment. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Maybe what we should do is uh, put that in for the question of the day. Oh, yeah. Because you know, when you say gift of tongues, does that mean that I have like multiple tongues coming out of my mouth? I could like taste extra foods? Yes, like- I think that a, uh, um, a non-Christian person who is listening in today would be like, what on earth yeah. are they talking about? What is the gift of tongues? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a strange one. Okay, so we'll put that in. I think that's a great question. I'd love to do that as question of the day. So let's put that one in for question of the day. And we will come back to that. Uh, let's continue on with what we're reading here in Galatians chapter 2. And Mon, would you like to read for us? Mm-hmm. Uh, verse 11 through 13, please. Galatians 2, 11 to 13. Mm-hmm. But when Cephas, who was Peter, Peter, that's right. When Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. There you go. Okay, so here's an interesting story. When you look at the, I want you to consider for a moment the um, the level of um, stress this whole situation with circumcision caused. And the division that it created, as they discussed it backwards and forwards, you've got an entire church council that is held in Jerusalem, which is the Jerusalem Council, um, to talk about nothing other than, you know, really the issue of circumcision. It was such an entrenched tradition, though, so you can understand why they're all up in arms about it. It was a big deal. Yeah. The thing that I find most fascinating in the New Testament is that there were other things that were a big deal to Jewish people. Mm -hmm. The Sabbath was a big deal. Mm 
Mm-hmm. You know, it was right up there with circumcision. It was just as important to the Jewish person as circumcision was. Um, clean and unclean foods was a big deal. It was just as important to Jewish people as circumcision was. And so my question is this. The book of Romans, the book of Galatians, many of the other books of the Bible talk a lot about circumcision and this, and this issue. Nothing about the Sabbath and nothing about clean and unclean foods. I want you to hold that because we have a... Uh, I want to hear your answer to that in just a moment. We have a caller on the line. Um, and hello, who have we got today? Hey, mate, it's Boris here. Oh, Boris. How are you, Boris? Good to have you on the radio. Um, do you have an answer for our quiz? I don't have an answer for your quiz. However, okay. I do want to call in about you writing to work. Oh, 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 okay. Oh, I see. I oh, yes. You can make the distance, mate, but I donate 20 bucks for you to do it. <laughs> Boris. <laughs> oh, I can't believe it. We've got people calling in to. Okay. No, I can't. How did I get myself into this? I didn't get myself into this. I got dumped in this. But hey, Boris. That's all right, mate. Thanks for your Start support. Your way out of it. <laughs> Good on you, mate. All right. Thanks, Boris. And uh, we'll talk gotcha. to you later. All right. Thanks, Boris. You're a legend. <laughs> Okay, so coming back to what we were talking about, um, yeah, so my, here's my question. Why is there no discussion over the Sabbath? I mean, you know, that's just a, a serious issue right there. Yeah, I mean, I would, why you were mentioning those things like circumcision, Sabbath, and clean and unclean foods, why didn't we do away with all three of them? Yeah, why is the New Testament silent on, on any discussion as to whether the Sabbath was done away with or not? Because they did do away with circumcision, right? That's what this whole yeah. you know, first couple of chapters of Galatians is all about. So all the, in mm-hmm. fact, the whole book of Galatians is is dealing with the stress over this issue. Does that mean that somehow Sabbath and clean unclean foods are more important or still important or? Okay, I want you to think for a moment the level of discussion that would have taken place if they'd have tried to do away with the Sabbath. You think about that. Yeah, absolutely. Now think about this. There is more discussion. If you look at the the discussions that Jesus had um, between himself and the Pharisees, the subject that is discussed more than any other subject is the Sabbath. Mm. And nowhere do they discuss, does Jesus even hint at the Sabbath being done away with. Now, Jesus doesn't take up the subject of circumcision because, you know, he was circumcised and so forth. Um, But on the Sabbath... Jesus is forever talking to the Pharisees about how to keep the Sabbath. Not whether it's done away with or not, but how to actually do it. And so if Jesus is our if Jesus is our example, then shouldn't we be reading what he says about how to keep the Sabbath? And if he says you do this on the Sabbath and you do this on the Sabbath and you heal on the Sabbath and you take care of people's needs on the Sabbath and you help animals on the Sabbath and so forth, shouldn't we be studying our Bibles and studying the example of Jesus to find out what we do on the Sabbath rather than trying to find out whether we should be doing it on Sunday? Yeah, well, I think the Jewish mindset was, you know, that the Sabbath was a perpetual sign between them and God. There was no question in their mind if it's perpetual or everlasting that it would ever change. So we're to them, it was a no-brainer. We, it's with our discussion. We just assume it based on the Word of God and the Old Testament. For them, it wasn't an issue. And even if you see with the Gentiles, you know, when they're in Antioch there and Paul's preaching to them, mm-hmm. they invite him to come back the next Sabbath, not the very next day, because he's there in the synagogue on the Sabbath. And they said, listen, we want to hear more about this. After the Jews had left the synagogue, they go and talk to him. 
And they say, listen, come back the next Sabbath. And then for a number of Sabbaths, he actually preaches to them. So the Jews and the Gentiles, matter of fact, it says the whole town and Antioch came together on the Sabbath mm-hmm. to hear him preach. And no of course, mention of was, a change. This was um, Antioch in Turkey. This was the other Antioch, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Now, and, 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 and this was a pagan city. Pagan, that's right. The Sunday worshippers. Hmm. Um, so they've got to take a day off work to hear the gospel on the Sabbath. Because, hmm. you know, Saturday was a, a work day for them. And this is the thing, you know, as I mentioned with my grandfather in the past, he read the Bible from cover to cover and couldn't find any change. So that's why he ended up becoming a Sabbath keeper. Thought he was one of the only ones in the world <laughs> for a number of years until he found some of their winners. Um, he, he no doubt read all nine verses in the Bible that mentioned the first day of the week and yes. noted that in uh, basically every single one of them, they are there for the purpose of referencing the Sabbath. That's right, and pointing to you, which to pointing your direction to um to which one is the Sabbath day. I think it's also important to note that the Sabbath is in the Ten Commandments, where circumcision's not in any of the commandments at all. Okay, but clean and unclean food is not in the Ten Commandments. That's true. That's true. And Paul, Peter, sorry, who um, really started the ministry to the Gentiles with his vision, was told to eat unclean food. What are you going to do with that one? Oh, wow, this vision drives me up the wall. Why? Because I have. Well, I grew up vegetarian, right? And okay. in my lifetime, I've had so many people who've come up to me and have quoted this vision as proof that we should just eat willy-nilly whatever we want. And I just think it's so silly because even as a child, I understood the concept of reading out of context. Uh-huh. And I felt, you know what? Just read the verses surrounding this vision and you might actually have a greater understanding. So of basically, you've got now. two options with Peter's vision. These are your two options. Mm-hmm. You can interpret the vision the way you want to interpret it, according to your interpretation. Uh-huh. Or you can interpret the vision in the way that God gives the interpretation. Which one do you want? Oh, I am a postmodernist, I suppose, but I do want the God version. <laughs> <You> want, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we want God's interpretation of the yes. vision. God interprets the vision. You don't have to figure it out for yourself. And God says this vision is all about clean and unclean people and that there is no such thing as unclean people. It's about racism. Amen. And mm. it's against racism. It's a very, very powerful and strong argument against racism. Yeah, instead of using this vision as some sort of food thing, this would be a great study for people like in America or in, sorry, in South Africa to study right now while they're having all their big wars about racism. This would be a great study for the whole nation to come together and have a look or at Sri what Lanka, the Bible they're, says. Or Sri they're not having racism. a race war, they're having a religious war. Yeah. It's the same thing, it's the same concept, it's just uh, religious racism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some tragic um, circumstances that are happening there in Sri Lanka between the Buddhists and the Muslims right now. Okay, so the Bible is very clear that we need to stay away from uh, racism. The Bible is very clear that you know these are these are very negative things, and um, and of course here the Bible is 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 clear that the Sabbath and clean unclean foods they stay. Anyway, we're going to listen to Carly Fletcher, and she's going to bring to us the captain. Storms of life I was going 
You are listening to Faith FM Australia this morning. It is a beautiful day and we have a special guest who not only came for an interview but decided to join us for our Bible study, our encounter with God. And uh, Etienne, I'm so glad you decided to stick around. Uh, where are we up to in our study right now? We were just talking about clean and unclean foods, which is actually in the vision that Peter had all about racism. Yeah, it is. But before we did that, we probably should uh, get back to our quiz. Oh, yeah. Which started off with such an easy clue, like, oh, this one's going to be a piece of cake. And now it's just got, suddenly got hard. Okay, I'm going to rattle through these clues. Who am I? The grandfather of Noah. You'll find me in Luke's genealogy of Christ, but not in Matthew's. I'm the father of Lamech and the son of Enoch. That's our fourth clue. He's the son of Enoch. How many clues have you got to go I've through? I've only got two more. Two more left. Two okay. more. Two more clues. So give us a call. You know the number. Do you know who one. it is, Etienne? Don't yes, say. I, I do. Okay. okay. I do. So we got might have out. to give him the CD. <laughs> 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 okay. So we have, uh, you, give us a call. You know the number 1-800-324-843 or send us a text message on 0491-064-669 or just simply answer it right there on our Facebook page. And we have a prize coming your way. Okay, so we were in the book of Galatians. Let's go back to Galatians chapter 2. And we're looking at this rebuke. And I find it interesting here. There's another fascinating thought in my mind is that you've got Paul who is in the right. You've got Peter who's in the wrong. Mm. And you've got Paul who stands up and rebukes Peter. Very confrontational. Very confrontational, but an appropriate thing to do um, in a situation where Peter is publicly being a hypocrite. Okay. And hypocrisy is a really, really terrible thing. There's a passage in Revelation chapter 2 which speaks about hypocrisy. I feel like hypocrisy is something that really drives people out of church. Yeah, this is the, this is like one of those things where I've met so many people like, yeah, I used to go to church. I don't go to church anymore because it's full of full hypocrites. Hi- full of hypocrites, yeah. Is that a valid reason, do you think? No, absolutely not. Why not? Because you don't go to church to hang out with the people. You go to church to hang out with God. And if you've left because of the people, it's because you took your eyes off Jesus and not 
This is a really good answer. Yeah, thanks. Keep your eyes on Jesus, not on the people. The people will always fail you. You know, or think about, okay, what is the purpose for church? Well, it's definitely not uh, a safe haven for saints because if you go to any church, you'll see it's <laughs> full of sinners. <laughs> the, the purpose for church is not for it, – it's like a hospital. Mm. If you are going to church expecting to find saintly, righteous people who never do anything wrong, you're going to the wrong place. That's right. And if you are going to a church that is full of saintly, righteous people and there's no sinners there, go somewhere else because you're not in part of God's church. Mm. Mm. Um, and so we should expect this – uh, kind of thing. However, the Bible does speak about it. There is no excuse for hypocrisy. It says in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 9, I know your works and trials and poverty, but really you're rich. I know the blasphemy of those which say they are Jews and are not but are of the synagogue of Satan. And we need to apply this to ourselves and speak about those who say they are Christians and are not but belong to the church of who? Satan. That's pretty strong, isn't strong, it? Strong, very strong. You know, if uh, if I rocked up one day here on The Breakfast Show and said, you know, I've, I've chosen to change churches, I'm going to go and join the church of Satan – you would all be rather shocked, wouldn't you? Shocked and praying hard. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, um, of course, there's probably some very good people who um, attend that church for, for positive reasons, but in the long run, it's a path of destruction. Mm. Etienne has been sharing about his family and their experiences with spiritualism, and it's, a, it's, it's not the right way to go. And so here you've got this whole situation where um, – where, where, where Jesus is saying here in the book of Revelation, being a hypocrite is, is, is like just you know flipping to the complete opposite side, being a total traitor to Christianity, going over to the dark side. And it wow. appears that at times we may even flip and not know it because Peter was in the wrong there and he didn't seem to know it. He sort of flowed into that hypocrisy almost naturally there yeah. for a while until he was rebuked by Paul. It, uh, I, I wonder about this one, and I wonder, okay, what was going through Peter's head? Because, you know, you've got Peter here, he's, he's, he's happy mingling and intermixing with all of the Gentiles, mm. and then you have these representatives that come from the church in Jerusalem, and they're really hardcore, and they're like, you know, we're totally Jewish, we're totally Jewish Christians, and, and as Jews we don't associate with Gentiles, and so Peter's like, okay, all right, I'll go and hang out with you guys. I'm just sort of thinking, what was going through his head? Mm. Peter seemed to have a weakness. He really cared about what people thought. And that mm. becomes evident, you know, in, in Pilate's hall there when he's standing there and he betrays the fact that he knows Jesus three times. Mm. You know, that was all about what people thought of him. He tried to be inconspicuous and then someone called him out and said, Oh, you look familiar. Aren't you one of his disciples? He goes, No, I'm not. And then finally, to prove the point that he was not a disciple, yes, of course, start using foul language. Foul language, that's right. Yeah. But then, of course, when he sees Jesus' eyes and the cock of the rooster crows, you know, then he realizes, oh, I've just betrayed someone I dearly loved. And before, I was just saying I would go even into death. So Peter didn't really know himself at that time. But the ah. interesting thing is… This was a weakness. This was yeah, a character weakness. This man- masquerades… This, well, this happens again when he's now amongst the Gentiles. It's, it's, not, it's not obvious, but when the Jews come and he thinks, oh, the Jews are going to think different of me. I'm going to lose my influence with them because they're going to think, what's this guy doing? He, he should know better. Yeah. He falls for the same kind of thing again. That's interesting. Do, do you think that we as Christians 
have that same kind of experience at times where, yeah, we meet some new people, we're joining in the conversation and uh, they're, they're not necessarily Christian people and so we're just sort of like just pretending like we're just one of them. Mm. You know, if you have a disposition to want to please people and sanguine people who like people typically and like people to like them, mm. they have this disposition, you've got to be very aware of that because you can find yourself in that trap where because you can masquerade or you can adapt to other people. Mm-hmm. That you don't go too far to adapt to the point where you actually undermine the own principles that you live by. I think it's a very significant point. I know for myself that one of the things I struggle with, and I'll just be um, very real here this morning, is I struggle with, uh, I start a conversation with somebody, I meet somebody new, we're having a great time together, and the greatest conversation stopper can be when they ask, oh, what do you do for a living? And it's like, yeah, I pastor one of the local churches. You know, pastor Maitland Church, there's my plug of the day. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Curry Church, going to be course, biking well. from, right? Yes. Curry yes. Church. Uh, a little bit further out is where I live. <laughs> I wish it was from Maitland. That's closer. We should do a stopover in Maitland. Visit your church on the way down to work. <laughs> no, let's not do that. Let's, let's just not Adding do to that. The let's, not, let's not. Do, I can see this getting incom- sooner or later. I'm going to be biking around Australia, so let's just <laughs> oh, leave it. Oh, I like leave that one. Leave it where it is. Let's not go any further. Okay, let's. We have a deal. It is signed and sealed and delivered. No one's signed anything yet, Lyle. Yeah, well, yeah. we're going to leave it at my place to here. Yeah, sure. Okay, let's let's go back because I, I am very interested in this people-pleasing trap because I, I do feel like, I don't know, do you reckon it's harder or easier to be a God-pleaser or to be a people-pleaser? Hmm, it should be easiest to be a God-pleaser. Sometimes we just fall into Peter's trap right here. Because that's the and cure, it talks right? To me, it talks to me about the humanity of Peter. And this is one of the things I love about the Bible. It's, it, it doesn't hide the fact that people are humans and that people have weaknesses that mm. they need to deal with. And, you know, you have people like, I have people come to like, yeah, Peter was the first pope. He was in charge of the church. Well, clearly he was not in this case. Mm. In this situation, this was not the case. And he was very much doing the wrong thing. And, you know, Paul had to call him out on it and really thoroughly rebuke him. What would you like to share with us there from the book? You know, of, I was just um, looking at that people-pleasing side. You know, typically mm-hmm. because God is out of sight, we believe in God by faith through His Word and also by experience. We can experience God, obviously, in the relationship. But the, the thing that we've got to keep in mind is it's easier to please people when circumstances change and, and they are present in the here and now. Now, there's a guy by the name of Enoch in the Bible, mm-hmm. right? And this may relate to your quiz. Oh, it does, very yeah? much so. And it says that he had a testimony from God that he pleased God. And then in... Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, Without faith, it is impossible to please him. He must have been a man of faith. And if we are people of faith, maybe we'd look at pleasing God first and maybe people second. Okay, so make Enoch your example. We're going to have Gungor at this particular time. Please be my strength. Stand my ground, I've tried to understand, but I can't seem to find my faith again. Like water on the sand, or grasping at the wind, I keep on falling short. So please be my strength, please be my strength, cause I don't have any
for a place where I can plant my faith. One thing I know for sure that I cannot create it and I cannot sustain it. It's your love that's keeping me. Please be my strength. Please be my strength. I don't have any If what God has already done isn't enough for you, nothing's going to be enough for you. Because it's meant to be real, and real life stories have baggage. We know that Peter's a loose cannon. It's all about context. And he chose different personalities to express that because his personality is infinite. If it's a love song written to us, when we're at our lowest points, we've got backup. Like a lot of the rational arguments for the existence of God, they tend to work better after you believe. Hi, this is Luke from oztabletalk.com.au. Please join myself and some of my closest friends as we explore our faith through conversation, Bible study, interviews, and more. You can find us online at oztabletalk.com.au. That's oz as in Australia, A-U-S, tabletalk.com.au. Looking forward to seeing you there. Bye. I'm so glad that's recorded because I want to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Someone called it a care package there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hey, welcome back to Love Matters. And here on Faith FM, you're with Neil Thompson. Here is today's question for you to ponder. Should I expect my partner to change first? Boy, now there are so many angles on this. Um, And, you know, is it that uh, there's a problem and there's a fight and a conflict in a relationship? And 
he has to change first or she's the one who has to change because, of course, I wouldn't do anything wrong. You know, I'm Mr. Innocent. I'm Miss Sweetheart. There's nothing wrong with me. Um, you know, butter wouldn't melt in my mouth. I'm that cool, calm and collected all days. So the thing is, who should change? Well, interestingly, there's some interesting research in this whole thing in, of looking at what happens in this space. If it's always the one person who makes up after a conflict or is the one who's always expected to change or to make things better or right or whatever it is, what will happen is over time, this will generate a little thing called an it's not fair flag. And the little it's not fair flag will get raised again and again and again. And there'll be a sense of injustice in the relationship. And it's just like kids playing in a playground. And the kid will instantly recognize, oh, it's not fair, miss, or it's not fair, sir, because he did this and he did that and he did this. And it's just not fair. Well, in relationship, there's an it's not fair meter as well. Now, no one should be keeping score in relationships. So if you're a scorekeeper, quit keeping score. Let go of it because if you start keeping score, you'll get bent out of shape. Guarantee it. You know, you're just like, yeah, well, you know, I did this, 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 and this. It's your turn. You know, get yourself off your backside and make it happen. You'll get bent out of shape and you'll start to see your partner as um, as an object, maybe as a loser, as whatever it is in your mind. And that's all just because you're keeping score. However, and it's a fairly big however, if you're the one who's always changing and always doing things, then you're going to get bent out of shape over time anyway. So what I'm saying is relationships are about two people. So two people need to be working to make it work. Two people need to be wanting to put energy and effort into making a quality relationship. I mean, that's just, it's what it's going to take. And if it's always one-sided, then someone's going to be feeling like, ah. So how do we get there? How do we actually get it so that it's more a two-sided equation? Boy, um, if it's not a two-sided equation, you're feeling bent out of shape. Um, maybe you're looking at therapy. Maybe you're looking at whatever it is. I don't know. In this space, what I would recommend you do is you need to just say, have a fun way of calling time out. So, you know, some people say the word saxophone. Some people actually just do the basketball thing and say, hey, time out, time out. Hey, you know, I'm just feeling like and just find a time where you can actually call time out and you can actually begin to talk about the quality of your relationship. Say, hey, I'm beginning to feel bent out of shape because I'm feeling like I'm doing all the work here and I'm feeling like it's not fair. And I'm just wondering what it is that we can do about that. If your per partner is reasonable, then they would actually go, wow, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. What is it you need me to do? If your partner's unreasonable, then we need to talk some more. So you're on Faith FM. You're with Love Matters with Neil. And uh, we'll be right back after this with plenty more coming up here on Faith FM. Though I speak with tongues of men and angels Though I have the prophet's gift Though I hold the keys to hidden knowledge 
And my faith can mount and shift Without love I am no better Without love it's all for naught Lord you spent your life in loving others What this means I would be taught This patient knows no envy Never gloats when others sin Love is never glad to see Injustice always wants the truth to win There's no end to love's endurance There's no test it cannot face Lord, you spend your I shall fail without your grace Though there'll be an end to hidden knowledge Visions, raptures, prophecy Faith and hope and love shall last forever Of the greatest of the three Without love I am no better Without love it's awful not You gave your life in saving others What this means I would be taught Lord you spent your life in loving others What this means I would be And you are back with Faith FM Australia. And Lyle, we've gotten ourselves in hot water. Oh, no, not again. So during the break, we actually had someone make a little bit of a complaint. And they said that, you know, we're making it sound like church is not about people at all. Like people aren't important in church. It's only about God. And do you know what? I mean, I stand by... And you should go to church and just have all hypocrites there and not worry about it. Yes, it doesn't matter who's in that church. (laughs) Yeah, okay, maybe we overstated that a little bit. All right, (laughs) let's let's, let's back up there. Okay, church is designed to be full of loving people and Christians are called to be loving and lovable Christians. Mm. And I love going to church because Mm -hmm. most of the people at my church are loving and lovable Christians and that's just fantastic. However, I think what I was trying to say was, and which I probably didn't say well enough, was that if you meet hypocrisy there, that is because we are human beings. Mm. And even the apostle Peter was a hypocrite mm. one time. Church is the way God creates community for believers. And yeah. it's such a an uplifting and encouraging environment, especially if you're a, a new believer. And I personally love, like it was one of my favorite, favorite things about being a Christian is having the church community because as a traveler, anywhere I go in the world, I have family. Absolutely. I have friends. I have people who come to me like, do I need to be a Christian to, do I need to go to church and be a Christian? Like, 
what on earth? Why Please you explain to me out? what is wrong with church. Yeah. Why is church such a, a negative thing? I have a great time when I go to church. Yeah, but mm. don't leave church because you've come into some, you know, come across some hypocrites. Like, remember that God is first. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So yeah. hopefully we've put a little bit of balance back into that conversation. And uh, we need to go to our question of the day. Our question of the day. In, excuse me. Kind of was from me, to be honest. It was. Yeah. It was. I thought that was a good question. Let's make a question of the day. Um, and that is, what is the gift of tongues? What is the gift of tongues? You have a story. I do, actually. Okay, so I, um, back in the day, uh, I had a, a group of friends, and we were, interestingly enough, all from different religions, and we decided for a month to each weekend go to a different person's church. And when we went to uh, one of their churches, uh, they did um, speaking in tongues, they called it. Yep. And so they all, the congregation stood, and they're doing these noises and I asked afterwards my friend I was like you know what is that all about and he said you know what I don't even really know and it, and it's sort of you sort of considered a not yet there kind of Christian if you can't do it and he admitted to me that he he fakes it so that he looks like he's one of the group right and I was a little bit disturbed yeah okay and that's a very valid question um, and <clears throat> oh I just noticed we have somebody who's answered the quiz oh so um, we have, and I hope I pronounced the name right, Ermius has put in Genesis chapter 5, verse 27, Methuselah. They are correct, and they are receiving a Melissa Otto CD. Good on you for getting it right. Methuselah. Fantastic. Okay, very good. All right, so getting back to the gift of tongues, the Bible defines the gift of tongues in the book of Acts where it was first given. Mm-hmm. And you can read it there in Acts chapter 1. And you will find that this is what happens. In verse 4, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, which is Old English. And somehow or other, we have maintained the Old English use of the word tongues. It simply means languages. Oh. Yes, that's all it means. It's not some weird thing. It just simply means languages. Then the Bible goes on to list 14 different languages that they spoke that day to communicate the gospel. Wow. So basically they, first of all, could only speak one language and suddenly they have the gift of yeah. tongues, which is multiple languages. They spoke to Parthians, Medes, Elamites, <laughs> dwellers in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, etc., etc. The it purpose of which was to share the gospel even further. Yes. Okay. So if you want to find out about the gift of tongues, read Acts chapter 1. You'll find the answer right there. Okay, we have coming up uh, Fernando Ortega, All Flesh is Like Grass, and then we'll be back to give something away in just a moment. Like the grass, the grass withers and fades away. All flesh is like the grass, the grass withers and fades away. The glory of man, like a flower. That shrivels in the sun and falls The glory of man like a flower That shrivels in the sun and falls But the word of the
grass withers and fades away All flesh is like the grass The grass withers and fades away The glory of man like a flower Rivels in the sun and falls the glory of man like a flower that shrivels in the sun and falls but the word of the Listening to Fernando Ortega, All Flesh Is Like Grass. And we have Tom on the line. Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lyle. Good morning. Yes, I understand, uh, Tom, that you would um, that you have jumped on the bandwagon of uh, making me ride into work. Is that, yes, is that- Tom, yes. <laughs> yes, of course. Of course. Have to see Lyle do that. <laughs> uh, how much? How much? Yeah, would you, so, how much are you willing to donate I'll, to see me uh, right into it? Yeah, it's a, a big donation of twenty dollars. Okay, so we got another donation of twenty dollars. Tom, thank you so much for being a part of the show, and of course, supporting the uh, Aboriginal Benefits Foundation and. Uh, and, uh, yes, supporting me riding into work one morning. I'm so uh, excited about this. Keep calling in, folks. 1-800-FAITH-FM. Make a donation. We are going to see Lyle ride his bike to work. And, uh, okay, so what do we got as our free gift uh, giveaway today? What My are we, favorite what are we... time of the show, giving free stuff away. Okay, so we have 10 days prayers and devotions of experience, to experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So it's a devotional book, 10 days. Talks all about prayer, Holy Spirit. Really lovely book. Fantastic. Adrian, have you read this one? I have. I love this book. You can, you can enough, highly recommend it? I can highly recommend it. And yes. funny enough, on the back it says, have you ever wondered what it was like for the disciples when they first received the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? What it felt like when the tongues of fire rested on them. So yeah, I've got a bit of We were talking about that mm-hmm. in our question time. Yeah, so this we is gonna be we covering that. It would have been good to spend more time on that question, but now you can just uh, call up and get the free book. Yeah, one eight hundred Faith FM or text us on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine or jump on our Facebook, Faith FM Australia, and we will send that out to you in the post. And don't forget to give us your details. If we do not get your details, then uh, can't send you stuff. Yeah, that's right. We're not telepathic. (laughs) Indeed we are not. Okay, so if you'd like to know more about the Bible, if you would like to study it for yourself, if you have questions that we have not had time to answer here on the show this morning, then don't forget to give us a call on 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669 or send a message to our Facebook because we can arrange for you to learn more about the Bible. And thank you so much to Etienne, who is stuck around for the whole yeah, rest of the show. It's, it's been, been so great. I've I think, been part participant and part listener. It's been fantastic. I think you? we should do this with all our guests. They have to stay for the whole show. <laughs> I think I'm just staying for breakfast. Off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got breakfast this morning. We I mean, do. It was I've already amazing. started eating it. <laughs> <laughs> wheat bix and bananas and... 
um, pears and peaches and all kinds of stuff over there. It looks very delicious. Mm, yum. Yeah. Okay. So now, of course, um, if you'd like to listen to, if you're struggling with your signal and you'd like to listen to us with a better signal, then download the TuneIn app and listen to us that way. Search for Faith FM Australia. It's free to download, easy peasy. Absolutely. Or if you're getting the delayed broadcast, then that solves that problem. But for Adelaide this morning, for the very first time, welcome. Fantastic. Welcome to the live show. We're going to listen to Melissa Otto. Stay around. More great programming coming up right after this. the life that 